Psychomedy is brought to you by ThreadUp, Manchester-based therapy that supports creativity. I'm Rafaela Nunes, the founder of ThreadUp and the counsellor supporting the creative community. Comedians and creatives in general can experience anxiety, depression, low moods, and this in turn can affect their creativity. One-to-one counselling can facilitate a safe space for creatives to explore any difficulties, to gain self-awareness, to develop strategies that work, and ultimately to create choices that are aligned with the natural creative flow. If you're in need of support, then please get in touch. Visit threadup.co.uk to book your counselling sessions at reduced rates when you quote Psychomedy. Psychomedy Daily Dose, the spin-off series of short episodes of Psychomedy during this time of near total shutdown of a live comedy circuit due to coronavirus. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and every day now I'm going to be talking with a different comedian about the current situation, along with passing on some hopefully really helpful and positive strategies, coping mechanisms from the counselling professionals we partner with at threadup.co.uk. I'm hoping that by sharing experiences and some positivity with comedians, we can all get through this together in the best possible way. So, talking about positivity, here is a shining light from the clouds, my special guest today. It's Callie Beaton. Callie. Oh, lovely description. Thank you so much. Yes. How are you today, Callie? Literally never better loving my life. Uh, how about you? There's the pos- there's the false positivity we wanted, <laughs> you know. The uh, There's a lot of anxiety in the country. And for some reason, although I love you, as you know, and there's a little picture of you on this Skype audio here, the, the anxiety is starting to bubble up. Remembering back to our psychomedy episodes of a few months ago where you were giving me a little a bit of a hard time. But uh, I'm sure you'd be much nicer to me today. <laughs> Listen, my my defences are down. I have nothing but love and kindness for everybody because who knows when we're going to need to be calling in a karmic favour. Indeed, indeed. So have you had a think about your, I guess, a week in to this? Have you had a think about how you're going to cope with this? Any coping strategies you have for the next few weeks, hopefully, rather than months? Yeah, I'm going to go with weeks, not months, because I think mm. that is hope. Well, that is my hope, and that is uh, as much as I can wrap my head around. Uh, so yeah, I've come up with loads of um, loads of little plans. So um, you know, playing the piano, writing a book, uh, re-landscaping my garden, uh, yeah, discovering uh, my inner child. Uh, but so far, all I've done is eat junk food and cry a lot. Um, but I know that as of next week. I'm going to start to implement those measures. So I do have, um, I've gone a bit, I don't know if other people have had it this week, but I think we're all a bit shell-shocked still this week because it all happened so quickly for everyone, obviously, and for those of us doing what we do, all of our work just disappeared in the space of about 24 hours for the foreseeable. And because we're always running along from gig to gig and thing to thing and kind of overly busy and always panicking, we haven't written enough material and we're not ready for this, and it's so weird to suddenly have absolutely nothing in the diary um, from a sort of income perspective. But actually, in my case, um, and I'm sure in lots of people's, as much as there are practical concerns, you know, a huge amount of my kind of self-worth and identity is wrapped up in who I am and what I do. 
in the outside world and I'm an extrovert so I very much feed off the energy of, of people and spaces with people in so actually it, do, it does feel kind of um, discombobulating to throw a few syllables at it. Mm-hmm. And have you had any thoughts about that? I know there's lots of comedians doing online stuff. Scott Bennett was doing a great kind of gig from his shed last night and things like that. Have you had any thoughts about that kind of thing? Yeah, I've definitely had some thoughts about it. And again, joking aside, because why not park all our jokes, uh, given that we've been asked <laughs> not to tell them for a few weeks, uh, I, I, I do have some sort of ideas about what to do. I mean, I've worked as a therapist and a coach. Um, oh. So obviously you would think there'd be stuff I could do um, wrapping those things up with also being a comedian. Um, so, there, so yeah, I think I, I definitely want to do something. I mean, it might be I haven't done any... Um, I don't do much coaching anymore. Um, it's sort of something I moved away from. Uh, but I might start offering up some free coaching for people, maybe people in our um, industry, sort of confidential one-on-one stuff, if that helps people via Skype or whatever. So I might do stuff that is not in the public eye, that that, that does something for our kind of community. Um, mm. Or I might, and obviously it doesn't count if I don't tell you I'm doing it, uh, uh, or, I might, and, or I might do one of the many things we're all talking about doing, you know, trying to get some sort of content out there in other ways. Um, so yeah, I, I think. I mean, I think things like this, things like the things that you're doing, I think it's as important for um, audiences as it is for ourselves and our guests, really, isn't it? I think if we can just stay, I'm hoping to keep doing some radio while this is all going on. Um, so yeah, it, but it's. Uh, so I, I think I feel that I will come up with some creative plans and workarounds. But obviously, I'm. This is one of the first of these you're doing. Mm. Um, so it's early on in the in the kind of um you know in the trajectory of this whole thing and i just haven't quite managed to rally from a slightly numb shocked wtf kind of a feeling yeah yeah it took it took me a day or so thinking what on earth am i going to do and then yeah i had this idea and yeah i'm doing it as much for my benefit as everyone else's and it's uh, been really good for my mental health doing something having a daily thing to do i think is uh, a great thing yeah, I do think I was thinking about sort of structure of day because it's, you know, I know it's the same because we work for ourselves anyway. We're kind of used to having to kind of if we don't put structure in, there isn't any. But at least normally we have kind of gigs and stuff to work towards. So I, I am thinking I really I really do need to find a sort of anatomy to my week and my day. And mm. I haven't quite worked out what it is yet. I mean, I'm still running. So I ran yesterday and I ran a couple of days before that. So as mm. long as we're allowed out to run, um, I'll, I'll definitely that that's one of my keep sane mechanisms and I also do a lot of mindfulness so running and mindfulness can carry on as normal for me hopefully um and those help me and I and I mentioned the piano I know you're a fellow pianist Mm. and I used to be I've done a kind of reverse you on the piano so I used to be really good as a kid and a teenager and I've turned to shit uh you (laughs) used not to play and you've become a virtuoso so somewhere maybe we could maybe you could get a little bit worse I could get better and we could do some uh, concerts together online what grade were you as a kid? Well, I don't want to make you feel inadequate, but I was the grade eight. Oh, of course you were. Of course yes. you were. Oh, um, yeah. I love. I used to love getting a certificate as a kid, so that's why I did it. Yeah, it's good because you you must have. Because you, will you carry on now with the grades? What are you at grade six? Grade six, yeah. Well, I'm I'm doing my grade six now, so yeah. I mean, I'll just do it more quickly, I guess, because I'll have more time during the. As I said in yesterday's episode, God, it's I love it. It's incredibly therapeutic. It takes your mind away for the hour or so while you're playing. And I think that's so important uh, to take your mind away from what's going on. We can't control it. We can't do anything by overthinking this. Uh, To take your mind away is great. 
I think all the stuff that is funny, isn't it? All the stuff we know is the other, the other way I make a living, as you know, is doing um, kind of keynote speaking and after dinner speaking, mm. um, kind of tying in all the aspects of who I was professionally before I became a comic and also, you know, obviously trying to give some lols to the audience. But um, all the things I sort of talk about there, like, you know, the only thing you can control is, is your response to things and whenever things are going on, let alone a kind of crisis like this. Um, and the idea of, you know, when you feel insecure, thinking about being more like yourself, not feeling you've got to lose yourself. So there's all this stuff that I talk about normally and really believe in. But it's funny how even though I could just about write the book on it, when you're actually in that position, it's quite an odd one. And also I, I realised that, um, I mean, you were talking about having being kind of pleased you've got kids to look after in a way because it gives you a kind of purpose and I'm sure there are people listening to this who were like, God, I wish I didn't have to try and juggle kids and work and no money. But it's weird for me because I'm in an empty nest. You know, my, my, my daughter's um, stuck behind a closed border abroad. So um, I'm not and she only left home a year ago. So I was just getting over only seeing her a few times a year to now thinking, God, I don't know when I'll see her again. And that uh. those things also slightly. So all the normal sort of tips and tricks we have, I think possibly for everyone may have gone a little bit. Um, hazy this week but I do think we'll all get back to a kind of baseline of knowing how to cope and mm. being able to do the things we used to do so I sort of feel like you've probably got me on the cusp of of turning it around a bit um, and starting to do things a bit differently um, mm. and, and a bit more positively but I suppose it's also worth giving a nod to the fact that there's probably a shit ton of people this week going do you know what I've I'd like, I should be writing my Edinburgh show now because I've got time. I should be writing my book. I should be being hugely creative and coming up with the most brilliant YouTube, you know, phenomenon and actually thinking, oh, but I can't be asked. You know, I can just about yeah. get across to the to the cupboard and get another, you know, bowl of cornflakes. So I think it, I think this is probably the what is it? The storm before the calm. Maybe that's the way. Hopefully. Yeah. But that's interesting that you if you're giving positive messages out in your normal day to day job, it sometimes takes a moment to remember those messages and actually listen to yourself saying them. I mean, I listened back to the first episode of this and I'm saying positive messages. And of course, some of the day I'm feeling negative, but it actually takes you listening to positive messages sometimes, even from yourself to turn it around in your own head it's so important because we can just get bogged down with so much negativity online or in the news and there are there is some positives to take from this you know yeah I think one of the things that again this is um uh, well we all know this but being able to go outside you know what you say to someone if they're you know when I used to work more in a sort of therapeutic and coaching way um it, it you know the first thing you'd say if someone's feeling anxious and depressed you'd be like well you know try and go out of the house even if it's just for a few minutes a day, you know, try and get yourself out in the fresh air, maybe mm. go and even just order a coffee and sit in a cafe for a bit and just have other people around you. It's really so all the things that naturally help us get out of depression and anxiety are under threat, really. And whether people consciously are aware of what those things are or whether they just they're just used to having them, um, mm. we are putting ourselves into a really unnatural state as human beings. And I suppose the fact that I've worked in that world for quite a long time, I've got a real awareness of this stuff. Um, in terms of what one would normally do to help people who are feeling like this and how many of those things aren't possible but the great thing is lots of new things will emerge and, and they've already I mean there's some, been some incredible stuff going on in our in our world and people coming up with really creative ways to be funny and get their stuff out there so yeah. I've no doubt out of this will come some things where we look back and go well actually I never would have done that if this hadn't happened 
um, probably make us all much better writers, I imagine, because, you know, even we won't be able to have find things to do uh, to stop us writing for very long. There'll be nowhere to hide and we'll just have to start writing. Yeah, yeah. Mm, it is it is hard to stay positive, but uh, particularly I saw on your Twitter earlier when someone was buying up paracetamol in the shop more than they more than they were allowed to and kind of panic buying. And it does uh, it does make you question humanity sometimes. But I think the vast majority of people will be wanting to be good and look out for each other and care for each other. But it is those pricks in the chemist buying up toilet roll or paracetamol that are going to get the press I guess um I know well I'm a cat lady I'm a middle-aged cat lady got two cats and I figure what better reason to have cats in middle age than to wipe your ass on them when they need to <laughs> so uh, so I've got that covered and cats are self-cleaning so I figure it's their problem what they do with it once I've done it so that's my plan for the for the toilet paper um, so yeah, and I decided uh, this morning I can't get any bread around my way. Uh, so I was like, fuck it. I'm going to start making bread. And I was all like, yeah, it'll be like the good life was in the 1970s, which is a great reference for the millennials and Gen Zs listening. <laughs> uh, so, and I was like, yeah. I'll do. And then I was like, oh fuck, I can't get anything to make bread with either. Like, I can't get, can't get a bread tin, can't get yeast. So, um, I'm going to persevere with my idea. Um, I bought some secateurs because I decided I would um, I would prune my frontage, um, but that hasn't happened yet. Uh, but I'm sure I will. So even if no one sees it, I feel it's nice that it will be done. So you know, as you can see, I have plans uh, on the bubble. Topiary, topiary is the future. I think topiary might. I did end. Up, I saw. Um, I was with a. I was with a friend. Uh, you know, in the days we could be with a friend and do normal things. And we was. Uh, I can't remember where we were, but they had these. Um, it was somewhere and it said, uh, oh, it was near the 50th birthday cards in, in this kind of novelty gift shop. And it had a grow your own terrarium thing. And it was like, you know, reach the age where it's time to learn to grow your own terrarium. And we were like, oh, fucking hell, you know, as if. And, you know, I just WhatsApped her and said, are you beginning to wish we'd bought those terrarium <laughs> starter kits? She's like, yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, we were scoffing at such things, but soon we'll be fighting over a start your own terrarium kit won't we we've got that to look forward to that's your podcast that's your podcast right there how's your hedge that's what it's called that's very good i'll have that thank you very much Are you, would you like to be a guest on the first episode my hedge is always very well kept is it well you know the fact is we can all make those kind of wild claims at the moment and ain't no one going to be able to prove us wrong <laughs> Oh goodness. Oh dear. We're day two of this and this this podcast is turning into a carry-on film. Again, a, a beautiful reference for the millennials. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's also all we'll be watching soon because you've obviously heard the stuff about um, net because everyone's streaming Netflix so much the internet's going to go down. That's what they're saying. So we've all got a we're all going to be finding, you know, VHS tapes from days <laughs> gone by and hoping we can find something to play them on. I'll watch my old Roy Chubby Brown VHS. This is going to be fun. I'm going to sit my cats down to watch one of those as they get over the indignation of their morning. Right, Callie, thank you. Good luck to your cats. Good luck to your hedge. Thank you so much. <laughs> we can get you on social media at Callie Beaton to uh, stay tuned with your hedge. Uh, exactly, yes. And thank you for that. That will be my podcast launching soon. Thank you, Callie, for joining me on Psychomedy Daily Days today. Pleasure.
So again, there are so many great sources of help out there. We partner with threadup.co.uk, counselling for creatives. For anyone that needs a one-to-one Skype session, please get in touch with them. And again, they've passed us some great tips for everyone that we've loaded up on psychomedy.co.uk. I think one thing I mentioned today, I touched upon it yesterday, but again, it's being very careful about what we spread on social media. A friend of mine shared something yesterday about the death toll in Italy. And while we're all aware that this is killing people and every death because of this is a tragedy, the facts are that it's affecting adversely only a very small percentage of any country's population and those that are dying is a fraction of that percentage. We have availability bias, which is giving weight to events we can immediately recall. Constantly sharing these negative stories will fuel people's unnecessary levels of anxiety at this time. Because of this, we're fearing more unlikely events such as being affected badly by coronavirus than things that are far more likely. And also, of course, there's an inherent danger of amplifying misinformation. Our memories play tricks on us. Just because we hear things from multiple sources does not mean that these things are necessarily true. But we want to believe things strangely if they are more fear-inducing, and particularly if they reinforce a pre-existing belief that, again, may not be true. The number of people who have spread the rumour that London will definitely be on lockdown over the weekend, the army is being deployed, my brother's a policeman, etc. And has told me when these things turn out not to be true, these same people, of course, don't come back online and say, hey guys, stop listening to me, I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. They just spread the next rumour and the next rumour. It's all unnecessary and just fuels people's anxiety. Experts constantly reiterate, get what you need in terms of information and avoid the rest. Misinformation and panic, of course, lead to unusual behaviours like panic buying, which deprives those that need things most. It's crucial that we don't let panic generally overtake our rational decision and thought processes. And most of all, again, please do talk to someone if you need help, particularly if you have pre-existing mental health conditions like anxiety or obsessive compulsive disorder. Connect in a safe way to those that can help you, either friends, family or professionals. More than ever before, it's okay not to be okay. So that was our show for today. Join us again tomorrow for more Psychomedy Daily Dose. Please listen back on all the daily shows, all the main shows, and please give us a five-star review. Your positivity is needed more than ever. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pod People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk or at psychomedypod. I'm Nathan Casty. Lots of love to you all. Stay healthy, stay positive. Tune back in for more Psychomedy Daily Dose tomorrow. Pod people.